So, can I, um, can we make just a couple of assumptions to start off, please? Because uh, if the assumptions aren't right, none of this is going to work. But um, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's an amen, right? And, and we know that and we hear that from Scripture, right? Yeah, the Bible. The Bible tells us I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. That's a good one. So we're good with that assumption. Um, the other assumption is... Is it, this is a spiritual place where we are right now, right? And, and holy, right? And we, and we are spiritual people, holy people. Okay, okay. So that's going to make this fun that you all agree with that then. Because let me tell you then, Christians are some of the funniest people that you ever come across, right? I've spoken with, <laughs> yes, right. I've spoken with a lot of them. And part of my job is to remind them, you know, you know God calls us to a life of prayer. That, you know, we should be praying more. We should be learning how to pray. We should be going out of ourselves, in the way of ourselves, to learn how to pray. And, you know, when I tell people that as pastor, I tell them, we learn how to pray. They say, you know what, Pastor? You're right. I just, I, I couldn't find the right time. I don't really know what to say. And I, I appreciate it. Th- thank you. Thank you for reminding me that I need to know how to pray. Or I tell them, you know what? Worship should be a real uh, part of our life. And I say, you know, you, you, we really need to be in worship together. We need to worship with one another, the living God. And people say, you know what? You're right about that, Pastor. I just, you know, I've been out of town, had some things going on. And I, I, I need to be here more. I need to be in worship more. Thank you for reminding me. All right, Tom, you know what? Um, we, we need to be service, be of service, right? God calls us into action, to do things. And people tell me, you know what? You're right, Pastor John. I need to be serving. I need to find a ministry. Thank you for reminding me. And, you know, we need to be reading the Bible more. This is God's word to us, right? Tell people, you need to take time to learn how to read it. Take time to, to study it. Take time to let these words become a part of the way you live. And people say, you're right, Pastor John. You are so right. Thank you for reminding me. And then I tell them, now let's talk about giving. And people say, whoa, ho, 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 ho. Pastor John, that's between me and the Lord. I mean, my giving, that's none of your business, Pastor. You, you might want to go talk to somebody else about something else because me and giving, uh, that's really none of your business. It's between me and the Lord. Is this a spiritual place? And we're spiritual people? Let me suggest to you right at the top then that giving is a spiritual issue. And if we're not talking about it, we're neglecting part of our spiritual life. Our giving, the way we give, how we give, is connected to our spirituality. And I'm convinced that the way that Christians talk about giving, get all defensive about giving, is what the FBI calls a clue. A clue about what may really still be in our heart. I know some of you, oh man, Pastor, he's going to talk about money. Can I just tell you right now, um, I don't really care about money. I believe that we've got this God and giving thing all mixed up and all confused. I don't want to teach you about money. I don't want to teach you about finances necessarily. What I want to remind you of is something more important than that. It's first fruits. 
Some of you know this. Some of you heard it. Some of you paid attention as it was read today. First fruits. I want you to envision in your mind there's the people of God. The people of God that had been redeemed by God, that had been saved by God. They were under Pharaoh's thumb. They were treated, not just treated, but they served as slaves under Pharaoh. They were oppressed. They were beaten down. They were broken. God heard their cry. God delivered them. You remember the story. You've probably seen the movie, Let My People Go. And the people went across the sea on dry ground. The people still had a little more traveling to do because you know how sometimes we are. We're a little, right? And so they went around. And all the while, God had promised them, I'm going to bring you to a place overflowing with... Sounds good for a fish fry, doesn't it? So God had been promising this to the people. You're going to go to that place. It's going to be the place where you will live. You won't have to wander around anymore. You won't have to be under anyone's rule anymore. I am bringing you to the place that will be a gift from me. And right now, they are right there. I want you to imagine Moses, who has led the people up to this point. He's there. He's right there. The people are ready to cross But before they cross, he gets up and he says, before we go, I want you to know what has to happen before we go live where God told us we're supposed to live. And if you've read Deuteronomy, you hear all these things about the kind of people we are to be when we go live in the promised land. There's all kinds of rules and thoughts about what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do things. And in the middle of all that, Moses says that God tells us, and when you finally get there, I want you to get a little bit of the first fruits. Now, understand that, right? You still got to get there. When you get there, you're going to figure out we got to get to work here, right? We have to start planting. We have to start building our new life. And what Moses says is when you begin to do that and when the first fruit of all of that new labor springs up, what I want you to do is give it to God. Now, you've got to be able to appreciate that. That you've been, as a slave for all this time, you've been brought through, you've got this promised land before you, you're going to go into the promised land, and you're going to put in a little more work. And you would think that God would say, this this new thing that is yours now, this new thing that's going to come up from the ground, the other work that you're going to put in for it, you know what, enjoy it, you've deserved it, it's yours, have at it. But that's not what God says. God says you will cross over, you will work, and the first fruits of what you work for in the new land, I want you to give it back to me. Key word, give it back to me. Y'all with me? Now, we need to, begs the question, we, we need to ask, does God need fruit? You think God's up in heaven and says, ooh, I can't wait to have some of that uh, cranberry juice that they make. Oh, I can't wait to get all those lemons. I can't wait for for them to bring all the seeds in from the field. You think God really cares or needs those kinds of things? I would suggest no. And so it seems to be that what God tells us to do may be more for ourselves. Because here's what I know about us good, godly Christian folk. Um, 
we tend to forget, don't we? We tend to forget about where we've been. We tend to forget about what we've seen God do before. We tend to forget about the things that we've gone through and how God has helped us overcome. We tend to forget how we got where we are, this promised land, in the first place. We tend to forget the good things God has done for us. We are a bunch of forgetters. It's just the way it is. It's who we are. It's part of, part of our condition. So one thing will happen when we cross over. We're either going to forget how we got there or we're going to get confused about how we got there. Because I imagine there might be some people, there's someone, let's just say his name is John, right? And he's been under Pharaoh's rule. He's cried out to God. He's been working hard, doing everything he's been told to do. There's a chance where God leads us all through. And I can see John saying, I'm going to walk over into that promised land. I'll get to work. I'll make the roads. I'll get things in order. And I can see John, when it all comes up, say, ha, look at what I've done. See, we will either forget the things God has done for us or we will get confused and think that maybe we've done a little more than we have. What our faith tells us is that these gifts that we need every day in life, the things that God gives to us are indeed gifts from God. You didn't get them on your own. Oh, sure, you may be a smart lady or a nice fellow. You might have gotten yourself a nice job. But guess what? Those are gifts from God, too. Don't get it confused, y'all. These are things that God does for us. And it seems to be that when God says, when you get to that new land, I want you to give back to me the first fruits of all of your new labor to help us not to forget. You heard it, right? What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to get the first fruit, put it in the basket, and bring it to the priest who's ever in charge there. And then, if you remember in verse 3, you're supposed to say something. Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land the Lord swore to our ancestors that he would give to us. In other words, I'm not going to forget I'm going to say what God has done for me. I'm going to remind myself that the only reason I have something to give is because God gave it to me to begin with. Are y'all with me? I think it's very appropriate to remember what the people used to say as they brought the, as they brought their offering to God. So that they wouldn't forget or get confused. Oh, sure, some of us may say some things as we throw our offering in the plate as well, right? But I'm guessing some of those things aren't the same kind of things. We tend to forget or get confused. Of course, we're talking about first fruits, and I know, I've been on the other side before, you know, a preacher gets up and Talk about first fruits and giving and think, oh, the preacher's after the money. Oh, the church must need more money. Oh, we must be trying to build something. Oh, the pastor must want to raise. Oh, money, 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 money. 
you know what, let's just, let's just be real. There are preachers and people in church who think and feel that way. Can we just say that? I tell you all the time, be careful about the people you follow, the people you listen to, the people you watch, because there are wolves in sheep's clothing. So is this a money issue? Yes and no. Yes, because, I mean, you know, a lot of what we work, the fruit of a lot of what we work for comes in the form of money. You know, if it didn't come in the form of money, maybe we'd be talking about something else still. Maybe we'd be talking about actual fruit or goats or camels or something. But when you and I go to work, um, we don't get paid in goats, do we? If you did, you might not like it so much. Maybe you'll make your boss happy and say, hey, you know what, this week you can pay me in ducks, it'll be okay. That's not how we get our fruit, is it? So in one way, yeah, this is about money because it's the first fruit of what we do. You know, the tithe is really not that big of a deal. You know, people make such a big deal about tithing, about 10%. It's saying, you know what, there's 10% of everything I'm going to make that I'm going to offer back to God. It's really not a big deal, right? You really shouldn't make it a big deal. It's a sign that uh, we know that God has expectations for us. It's a sign that we know that God will do something powerful through this. If you're not a tither, if you don't give 10%, I invite you to find out why and to start working towards that. But also understand that the tithe is a starting place. It's not an ending point for us. It's never been that way. A tithe is where we begin and we say, God, I start here. I put this on your altar. I know you're going to do your work through it. And I'm going to let you lead me how I need to give in other places. I've got to tell you, friends, we've got to learn how to do that. Is it hard? Of course it is. Of course it is. I remember our family, we were, when we decided to go down to one income, boy, it was, we had some conversations then, didn't we? Like, man, we're going to go from two decent incomes. We're going to cut that in half. But we made the decision that we're still going to tithe. Oh, and then something happened. God called me into ministry, and then I was supposed to go to seminary. Holy moly. You know what happened when I went to seminary? When I followed God's call, uh, that one salary had got cut in half again. And so we made another decision. Do we tithe or don't we tithe? Well, I'll just tell you what our decision was. Yes, we tithe. It's a sign of who we are. We just learn how to do it. So in one sense, it is about money because you have to decide what you're going to do with your money. Oh, and talk to people and say, oh, well, pastor, am I supposed to tithe off of the gross or off of the net? <laughs> Someone warned us that, you know, if we keep having those conversations, what we need to realize is that we're actually trying to figure out how we can give the least. And we need to be careful. Some of you know Dave Ramsey. I always love and appreciate what he would tell people. Is people would come in, they're trying to learn how to uh, fix their finances, and so they'd lay out a, a, a budget in front of him, and, you know, this is our car payment, our car payments, our other car payment, our house payment, our bills, our utilities, our food, blah, blah, blah. And at the end, they had space. They'd say, oh, and here's some room we have for, for the church or for giving. And he'd always tell them, honey, you got that list upside down. You start the other way. You give to God first because it's called first fruits. And then everything else falls into place. 
So in one sense, it is about money. The other sense, no, it's not. It's about understanding that God knows what we need. And God still says, I need you to give me the best of who you are. It could be today that when that offering plate comes around, you know, you've given money every Sunday and you just kind of write the check. You know, you just kind of fill it out and throw it in. It could be that you don't need to give money. It could be that you need to give your life truly as an offering to God. You need to understand that you haven't been giving the first fruits of yourself to God. You've given God what's left of yourself. And then wonder why you're so grumpy and mean all the time. Wonder why you're walking around sick and everybody looks at you funny. Oh, there's nothing on your face. You just had the relationship wrong. Give to God the best of yourself first and understand that everything else will be taken care of. We, the church, we are full of people who've got everything upside down. We'll give the world everything it asks for. Oh, sure, we're going to complain about it a little bit, but we're going to give the world everything they ask for. And then say, here, God, here's all I have left of me. Here's all I have left of my finances. Here's all I have left of my life. That's not really worship, is it? See, some of us don't give offerings as much as we just give a bad tip. So in one sense, it's about money. In another sense, it's not. It's about giving the best of who and what we are back to God. God's giving you his best. God's given you his son. God's given you air to breathe. God has given you a family. God has given you a job. God has given you joy. God has given you everything you need. And all he says was, now I just need the first fruits of that back. (laughs) Not for me. I don't need this. But you need to give it. Y'all with me? So first fruits is going to be a little different for all of us, maybe. Our first, my first fruits may look a little different than your first fruits, but our first fruits will be the best of everything we have together. And God can work with that, I need to tell you. And for the Christian heart, if we're thinking about first fruits, what we understand, that the concept of first fruits reminds us that the fruit of our giving is trust. See, the first fruits were given out of all that hard work. We were to give that back to God as a way of saying, God, we know that you have brought us here. God, we know that you have given all of this to us now. Now, this isn't everything we hope. So we're going to give this to you now, God, with the trust that everything we need after this you are going to provide us for. Oh, I just love that we opened up our worship service with that song. Great is thy faithfulness, right? Didn't we sing about God's faithfulness to us? Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand 
has provided. You see, Jesus once said, you can't serve God and wealth. And there are way too many of us Christians who are trying to prove Jesus wrong. And God says, I will take care of you. You need to give your first fruits. And the fruit of our giving to God is trust. Trust for our own lives and trust that God will take care of everything God needs to take care of. So, I think we'd also be do well to remember that I can do all things through Christ. You remember that? You know, I've seen that verse in all kind of places. I've seen it on the back of a boxer's, uh, you know, remember what was his name? Vander Holyfield, right? He put that verse, that reference on the back of his boxers when he fought a match. Remember that? As a way to say, I can do this. I can do all things. I've seen it on billboards. I've seen it on t-shirts. And I think it's great. You know what? God gives us power to do amazing things. But what's so ironic about that verse the whole context, the whole passage of the verse is that it's Paul saying, man, I've had nothing and I've had everything. And what I've learned is I can trust God no matter what. It's a giving passage. I can do all things through Christ. It's a reminder to say, oh my goodness, it can be hard to trust God when the rent is due. It can be hard to trust God when the bill collectors are calling. But I can do all things through Christ. I can still say, God, here are my first fruits. And I can trust that God will take care of all the rest. I hope you know that indeed you can do all things through Christ. But I think we need to pray because sometimes it's hard for us to make that leap of trust. And if you want first fruits to be about the way you live, if you want your life to be centered around the idea and the concept of first fruits, I invite you then to pray with me now. Oh God, all that we have been given has come from your holy throne. You have blessed our lives tremendously. You have given us all that we have needed. God, so many times you have given us so much more. Forgive us when we have decided to just hold on to those things and to want more. Help us, God, to be able to give to you our first fruits with the trust, Lord, that you will care for our lives continuously. Give us that faith that we need today, Lord, to trust you with all of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.